G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Neil Diamond song, You Don't Send Me Flowers Anymore, says it all in some marriages. What happened to those unexpected gifts? What happened to the love? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program today as we take a look at the importance of gift giving from a different perspective. This week on A Different Perspective, we're taking a look at how to express our heartfelt commitment to our soulmates, our wives or our husbands, as the case may be. Imagine boy meets girl. She only speaks Swahili. He only speaks Japanese. They get married, but they still can't speak one another's languages. What sort of a marriage are they going to have? Well, there are two options. They either decide to learn one another's languages or things are going to fall apart. Because unless they learn to communicate, the frustration and the isolation will just tear them apart. That's how it is with different languages of love. Gary Chapman's written a great book called The Five Love Languages. The last couple of days we've looked at the first two of those, words of affirmation and quality time. Today we're going to look at the third, receiving gifts. Anthropologists are a funny lot. They love to study human patterns of behaviour across different cultures and in fact right down through history. And they look for common themes and patterns of behaviour. One of the most basic, one that appears in every culture, is the notion that love is about giving. My hunch is that in the Garden of Eden, Adam used to go out looking for flowers for Eve and pick them and, and give them to her, no doubt. And we know for a fact that she loved picking fruit for him to eat. Well, I guess no one's perfect. So the last few days we've looked at the first few languages of love that Chapman talks about in his book, The Five Love Languages. The first was words of affirmation. Some people's primary way of experiencing love is through words that other people say to them that affirm them. So a man who needs words of affirmation will need his wife to say, darling, you look great in that suit. Darling, thank you so much for doing that. And a woman who needs words of affirmation will need exactly the same thing from her husband. The second of those was quality time. It's a hackneyed buzz phrase, isn't it? But quality time is more than sitting in front of the box and just being in the same space together. Quality time is focusing our attention exclusively on one another. And there are some people whose primary way of receiving love is through the knowledge that their husband or wife spends quality time with them. The third one, which is the one that we're going to look at today, is receiving gifts. Now, a gift, I used to think, well, how can someone experience love by receiving gifts? Isn't that kind of tacky and cheap and materialistic? Truly, that's that's what I used to think. But when you think about it, a gift is something tangible. You can hold it in your hand. You can look at it and say, he loves me, or wow, she loves me. And you look at it again and again and again. It's a tangible, tactile, physical expression of the giving part about love, that thing that anthropologists discover is common to every culture that they've analysed. 
It's a symbol of the thought. We've heard the saying, it's the thought that counts. It's not the actual gift. It's not how much it cost. It's the fact that the gift represents something and it represents love or friendship or, or whatever. So this visual symbol of love is more important to some people than it is to other people. Let me tell you about Bernie. I'll tell you, a gift to me will fail to express your love or your friendship to me precisely 100% of the time. If I never receive another gift in my life, it'll be too soon. If nobody ever remembers my birthday again in my life, it'll be too soon. When we were first married, Jackie and I, um, Jackie thought, ah, I'll go and buy my husband a tie or clothes or aftershave. And I was absolutely horrified. I buy my own ties, I buy my own clothes, I buy my own aftershave. And mum, my last birthday, she said, Bernie, what would you like for your birthday? And I said, truly mum, give the money to charity. I said, I just don't want to give. So actually she gave a a donation to the Ministry of, of Christianity Works. For me, gifts simply don't say, I love you. Yet Melissa, our daughter, it's one of her two primary languages of love. Gifts are really important to her. When I went to India last year, she loved silver. And so I saw an Indian silver necklace and earrings, and and I bought that for her. And at night time, my wife, Jackie, and I go for walks, and we walk past this store that has this beautiful silver-beaten jewellery. And I'm always thinking and planning, now I wonder which one of those I can get for Melissa's birthday. And just recently, um, last Christmas, one of the things that teenagers in her age group, in her culture, all want is they want an iPod, right? That's what's happening amongst young people today. She's 15. And so we saved up our money and we bought her an iPod Nano. And and on the back, if you buy them online on the internet, they'll actually inscribe whatever you ask them to inscribe, machine inscribe, beautifully done. And so we had inscribed on there, Melissa Diamond, loved, cherished and adored. And that spoke volumes to her because receiving gifts is one of her primary love languages. The other morning I was out for a walk and she'd gone down to the bus stop waiting for her school bus. And the frangy panties were out, my favourite flower, they smell so nice. And I thought, you know, when I come round the corner, I bet you she's still at the bus stop. So I picked up just one frangy penny flower that had fallen down. And I walked up to her at the bus stop and I said, here, this is for you, just the one flower. Well, her face just lit up because receiving gifts is one of her primary languages of love. King Solomon in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 16, way, way back when King Solomon was alive, he wrote this, a gift opens the way for the giver and ushers him into the presence of the great. You see, gifts to people for whom receiving gifts is their primary love language, gifts open the door into their hearts. Things are just things to me. Possessions are just servants. They're nothing more. I'm not sentimental about those things. But I tell you, one gift, the one physical thing that I possess, that I prize above all things, is my wedding ring. Because it's a symbol of my wife's love for me. And I could be starving and have no money. I still would not sell this wedding ring. So even for the most hardened anti-gift person, I have my price. You know what I mean? Now, where I used to think that gifts and giving were a bit superficial and a bit materialistic, actually the symbolism of the gift is how some people experience and receive love. Have you ever heard a wife say, he never brings me flowers anymore? Now think about it, flowers die in a few days, but they are a symbol of romantic love. Gifts can be purchased, gifts can be found, gifts can be made. Well, but I'm not a gift giver. Congratulations. 
Welcome to marriage. This is a lesson of love. We need to learn to give love in a way that our husband or wife can accept love. And if your soulmate receives love through the receiving of gifts, it is time for you to make a list of all of the things that seem to push their buttons. And we don't have to wait for special occasions. We don't have to wait for birthdays or Christmases or anniversaries because for someone who receives gifts as love, just the little thing, just the the little frangy penny flower that you pick up on the spur of the moment that you find on the street can say, I love you. And when you receive a gift from such a person, like my daughter Melissa did a painting at school and she brought it home and she gave it to me, that gift, that painting has pride of place in my study because when she gives me a gift, she is saying something that goes beyond what I may interpret the gift to be. We can do all the other things. We can work, provide, clean, cook, make love, everything. But if your soulmate's primary love language is receiving gifts and you don't give them gifts, they will feel like their marriage is dead. Social media is a great way to stay connected to your friends and the world around you. And we'd like to invite you to be part of the Christianity Works community. The Christianity Works community is full of daily thoughts and devotions and inspirations. So no matter what kind of day you're having, you can be encouraged. If you're on Facebook, search for the Christianity Works page and like us. When you do, you'll see some encouragement from your friends and community at Christianity Works, including free booklet downloads from time to time. But more than that, it's a library of thoughts and verses that you can share with your friends and family. So we'll be sharing God's Word together. It's a great way to share the good news of Jesus amongst all the chaos. Amen. So, like Christianity Works on Facebook, be encouraged and blessed, and share some of that with your friends as well. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.